I'm John Underhill, and this is the Red Special Guitar Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen listening to the Red Special Podcast, I would like to welcome today the legendary Andy Guyton. Hello, Andy. Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs> and hello, it's good to uh, good to be on here. Yeah, definitely. Well, a couple of things, everyone. Andy and I are actually in the same room today. We're at Andy's workshop in um, Hidden Away under the depths of Buckingham Palace, where Andy works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't say where it is. You can find it if you look, but we're in Andy's workshop for a very special reason, but um, socially distanced, of course sat first podcast where i'm in the room with the person who i'm recording with so we'll see how this goes excellent (laughs) nice to see you mate yes you too um have you been covid affected you much Uh, not really no it's it's um i I work from home anyway and and you know i've got so much work to do that it just hasn't really you know done anything apart from maybe um you know, sourcing parts and things like that, delivery times but apart from that no it's been uh, it's been okay good yeah and you're all family safe and well and yeah fine yeah lovely. yeah taking it all seriously so it's uh good yeah yeah keep still smiling yeah no you're looking very well as well i must say <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we'd start off by just going into like your background, really. How you started? I mean, how did you get into building guitars? Uh, the, the the building guitars probably started at the roots of it when I was in my teens, like it is with most people, and um, trying to make guitar bodies out of pieces of plywood, and, and you know, it just didn't really work. But you know, in my teens, I would sort of modify guitars, try and refret them, think things like that. But it's um, it's not until I bought the um, the Melvin Hiscox book. That that that's when it all sort of kicked off for real, and um, you know, I just picked the book up and thought, well, how how difficult can it be? And uh, yeah, you know, at the time I was in the sign trade, so it was um, you know I was used to using hand tools, power tools, so it was you know I wouldn't say it was an easy transition. You know, there, there's so much to learn, but it was. Um, you know, it was easier than most, maybe, because had access to tools and space. Yeah. Hmm. So, at what point did you? Because it when was it? When was it that you made that jump from ah. signs to? Well, that that would have been uh, ninety eight, ninety eight, ninety nine, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, late late nineties. Okay. So, uh, and the book was literally just browsing a bookshop and. <laughs> just just picked it up you know it was uh i'm gonna change my career on this but yeah that's how it ended up yeah yeah Yeah, thankfully no i remember because you you haven't always worked from here have you You no used to have another workshop out in i forget where it was i've been there once uh yeah it's just outside uh bungie yeah yeah ersham and so did how quickly after when you decided to make or move to making guitars or working on guitars from working with the signs did you then need a premises and start looking at uh two years 18 months um yeah it, it wasn't long because i really did get the bug sort of building guitar the, the bug for it and took it around some um music shops and to start with it was it was just repair work and and you know with the best will in the world trying to do it on a coffee table in your lounge it just doesn't work and it was uh but you so say it wasn't long before i um you know found some cheap premises yeah 
and um yeah now that gradually sort of sort of morphed into building rather than repairing can you remember what your first guitar you built was i can have you still got it or no (laughs) (laughs) it was uh it it was a a sort of a, a copy of a les paul double cutaway um sprayed in metallic purple uh, ebony fingerboard all mahogany um seam wood duncan pickups it, it was quite nice and yeah i would love to get that back again one day <laughs> yeah do, do you know who owns it or? i do so if they're listening to the podcast come, uh, and, it, bring, come it, and bring it back uh, yes it's <laughs> unlikely but that would be nice <laughs> <laughs> i would buy it yeah i would buy it was that a, a commission then or was that something no you, no it's just something i made because i made. wanted to yeah yeah the first probably four or five were like that yeah you know. and then people you put them up for sale and people that knew you came to buy them or? yeah that, that's right I mean, a, a lot of the time people would you know i would just build the neck and the body and they would supply the parts or we do it as uh you know part of a deal but it was it, it wasn't until i suppose 2001 where i actually started to uh, you know seriously make guitars for a living yeah well even, even then i was i was just reliant on repairs but yeah so when it started to sort of encroach yeah interesting um my mind's gone so i'll, I'll cut that out <laughs> sorry <laughs> this happens a keep lot. it in yeah. keep it in no <laughs> so I mean, we all, not all of us, not everyone will have read your stories or listened to you talk before because there isn't many recordings of you. But on your website, it talks about, or I've read somewhere around when you got involved with Brian May, for example, mm. was, was the Edmund guitar. Mm. How did that actually come about? Did they look for you or did were you recommend uh, th- they were They were looking for somebody, but it was, um, I've been going, oh, not long, six months, sort of professionally. And... Um, I got a phone call from a friend of mine called Martin Booth, who's, who's a, an outstanding luthier repairman, and I was doing some finishing work for him. And, um, yeah, I just picked the phone up. He said, how do you fancy refinishing Brian May's first guitar? And it's like, oh, it's just one of those, you know, once-in-a-lifetime things. Of course. And, and how it how it worked was that Pete, um, spoke as Pete Malandrone spoke to uh, Neville Martin, who was then the editor of Guitarist magazine, and Neville was old friends with Martin, so it, it came down through all these sort of levels and you know almost landed in my lap. But it was, uh, and after that, it, it took a little while to actually sort of get contact, get or get in contact with with Brian and Pete. But it was, uh, yeah, definitely well worth it. So, yeah, sort of started it all off. Because so did they. You obviously went back to Martin, I guess, very quickly and said, yes, I will do that. Uh, immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it went back up the chain. Yeah. And then did, did you go and collect the guitar or did Pete drop it off? Or um, No, I went and collected it, but I... Um, it seems like a carload of guitars I took up there to, you know, just examples of what I can do. Yeah. Yeah, guitars I'd made, guitars I'd refinished and... and um, I came back with about three guitars, I think, repairs and uh, and you know the Egmond. Yeah, because uh, that was a good day. That was a really, really, really good day. So yeah. was that you with Pete and Brian, or just with Pete, or? Uh, no, it was with Pete and Brian. 
Yeah, and, and it was a it was sort of a, a dual appointment. I think I can't remember the chap's name. Um, he's from um, Vox Amps, and they they brought the prototype, this the sort of small white deke. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I remember sort of sitting there, and, and Brian sort of came in and said, "Right, uh, guitars or amps, guitars or amps." And I was saying, please say amps. I was just wanting to see <laughs> see him test this out. He said, oh, let's do guitars. <laughs> so uh, anyway, you know, which is fine. But, you know, we got sorted out. And then it was, you know, time for him to move over, time for us to go. Yeah. And Pete just said, yeah, well, do you want a cup of tea? So uh, we uh, we just sat there drinking a cup of watching him test these amps. Oh, and amazing. it was just, just brilliant. Absolutely yeah, amazing. brilliant day. So you, you came back then and you obviously then went to work restoring the original Eggman guitar mm, mm. that Brian had and you went through that process and then you, you got to, to take it back to him. Yeah. <laughs> so you were lucky <laughs> enough to be able to hand deliver it back and yeah, see his yeah, reaction. Yeah. And what was that like for you? Was that a different... Oh, it was great. Yeah, it's... it's um, yeah, no, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. And his comment was it even smelt the same. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, so... Because uh, that was finished... I don't know how the originals were done, but it, this was done in like a cellulose finish, you know, very thin cellulose, and it does have a, a certain feel and smell to it. Um, so yeah, no, that that was that was really good, and it was on top of that, or after that, then they they asked about building building replicas. Yeah, which you um yeah, how did that? What was <laughs> what was that conversation? Was it a phone call or an email? Or? Um, it was. I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. It was. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Pete Pete asked me on the day that I delivered the the Egmond, and um, yeah, I think he just asked if I if I'd be interested. You know, and there's another sort of pivotal point. You know, you just don't didn't hesitate. It was uh, yeah, had no idea how I was going to do it, and uh, but but yeah, it's good. So, had you? Obviously, you knew a bit about Queen at that point, Andy. Were you a massive Queen fan at that no, point? No, no, I, I wasn't. And and I I actually, it's almost a shame to say it now, that, that I knew very little. The, the I suppose the only Queen album I'd ever owned was the uh, the Miracle, and that used to get played to death yeah. you know, in the 80s. But it was, um, was it 80s? When did that come out? Now you're asking me a question. Yeah. It must be late eighties. <laughs> yeah. That was probably early nineties when I used to listen to that then. Yeah. I still got it, it was on cassette. Yeah. But it's, uh, I've got it on C D <laughs> now, so uh, But th- th- that was kind of the extent of my knowledge. Yeah. And um they were sort of kind enough to allow me I think it was two or three days at Brian's house measuring and taking apart as much as I could the the original guitar and, and I knew nothing about what was underneath that pit guard. Right. Zero. So you weren't aware. Did you know at that point that Brian had made it with his father when he was a young man? Yeah. So you sort yeah. of knew that. Yeah. That I just had that that sort of background, and that that was about it. And I'd read uh, about the the restoration in uh, was it ninety seven ninety eight that, that Greg had done. Yeah. Read about that, and um, but as far as construction is concerned, you know, it was it, when I took the pit guard off, it was a, a complete surprise. Yeah. And uh, and you do look at anything. <laughs> can I do that? It's uh, yeah. 
was there any weight of like responsibility on your shoulders at that point? Oh, enormous, yeah. So you, you yeah. knew that this was a bit of history you're unscrewing. Uh, and... Absolutely. But but the, the, the interesting thing is, as soon as you start to disassemble it, the nerves kind of subside because you're it's it's not it looks different it's not the queen guitar anymore it, it, it's you know it's a guitar in its own right and it's made up of a certain amount of parts yeah. and so you you do start to look at it in a slightly different way you know obviously it's in the, in the back of your mind that it's important and it's uh <laughs> you know it's it's uh it's a bit of an icon but it's um yeah it's interesting yeah yeah so do- <laughs> How how far did you get with taking it apart at that point? Over the, three uh, days? the only um, the only thing I couldn't do was to take the neck out and the trim. Everything was kind of set. Everything worked. You know, it didn't have any tuning issues. So they said keep that in. So I kind of had to work around that really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, everything else was you know do what you like. So yeah. uh, ideal. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> almost. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, what what an amazing experience. But I guess if without being a massive fan of Queen and Brian May, apart from knowing maybe that it's important, mm. not maybe the same as how one of us being a fan of the Red Special now would feel about it. Yeah, that that would probably make it a little more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and and I uh, before I went, I, <laughs> I I can remember even the words going through my. Yeah, in my mind it was it was I suppose I'd better sort of gin up on Queen and kind of see what all the fuss is about. And it was you know, it was a greatest hits video. So yeah. I put one, I thought, Oh yeah, I remember that one. Oh, there's another one and, and just one massive, you know, hit after the other. Uh, and that was probably the worst thing I could have done because yeah. that put the nerves, you know, that started to come in and, and I did actually get to a point of um, you know, wanting to turn round. Yeah. Yeah, just through I was so nervous, but yeah, you just got to, uh, yeah. But it's, it's it's good. It's good. It's brilliant. It's, Turned out very well. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I mean, it's spurred a, I mean, probably unfortunately in some ways, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. But you you've now been intertwined with Red Specials for nearly twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. I cannot believe it. Yeah. No. What a fantastic thing to be able to do as yeah. well, though. So, I can't see that as an unfortunate side to it. No, it's, not, it's, not um, at all. No. It's, I mean. Yeah, fantastic experience for you and for all of us. It's brilliant. Uh, from the, the, the amount of stories, you know, I can tell people and it's it's uh you know, just these little experiences that are out of the ordinary. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So in terms of you, you've obviously gone and measured it all up and I'm guessing you've traced it and mm. done hand drawn drawings yeah. and all And I still stuff. use now, I still use yeah. exactly the same measurements and drawings now. Yeah. Did did you then convert that to templates and autocad and things like that or did uh, you... it, it was actually uh no i'm a little bit sort of uh old school really but i i I've, my design work is i'm sort of trying to get into 3d <clears throat> but up until fairly recently it's all just been 2d and i just use a, a sign making program that i used to yeah. before it's i did guitar making something you're familiar with yeah, yeah that, that's right and, and it's and i still do yeah yeah, and and that that's been great. Um, but but I have started moving into sort of the three D, um, you know, forget, forget, usually dealing with suppliers, yeah. you know, foam inserts and various other bits and bobs. But it d- doesn't come easily. I'm, I'm you know, I say quite old school, and the whole CNC thing is is uh, 
I like it. It's great. It's not for me. Yeah. But it's um, you know, it's very accurate, and you know, you, you can repeat things. But it's um, I don't know. I'm just just not personally comfortable with it at the moment. No, that's understandable. And yeah, sitting in a room full of your work, you clearly don't need a CNT machine well, either. <laughs> I, d- I don't think so. No, I, sort of <laughs> no, I get by, and then you know, I, I I use jigs and power tools. Yeah. But it but it's uh, but the whole CNC thing, I, I don't know. It's not bad. You know, it's it's great for volume work, but yep. it's it's just not me really. No, and that's, and you know, when you buy a guitar, you're buying a handmade instrument, mm. so mm. You, you kind of know what you're getting, and and that, it's you know, it comes across in what you see, dotted around, and there's you know, you can see it's all handmade, but you're not lacking CNC. <laughs> no, sure. no, and, and it kind of keeps your hand in as well. Yeah, you know, it keeps the, that skill set up. You know, with working with chisels, carving things. Um, keeps your eye in and the feel with neck shaping things yeah. like that. So it's uh, so, so moving on to the neck shape. Do you do that all by obviously by hand? But do you have a jig for that, or is it? Uh, I, you don't have to I, tell I, us if it's a trade secret. No, no, it's, it's fine. No, I, I um, it, it it's one of the most difficult ones to, or the difficult jobs in guitars to sort of do that repeatedly. Um, so. A few years ago, I did actually make myself uh, a jig to go under the pin router that you can sort of turn. You clamp the neck in, and it will actually repeat neck profiles. Yeah. Uh, there's still shaping to be done at each end, but this is just doing uh, like the uh, the first fret to the fifteenth or yeah. something like that. So, so you stand a chance of getting everything the same. <laughs> uh, and when you're doing, you know, batches of guitars, you know, that are replicas, then that that's quite important yeah and uh it also takes the drudgery out of it as well yeah, <laughs> yeah which, which is doubly important as well it's it's uh you know, if you're not enjoying your work it, it's it, it will come out in the uh in the end product it definitely does mm. and you, i mean you know that from whatever you're doing whether it's building guitars yeah. or sending spreadsheets in or phoning people yeah, or whatever yeah, if you're not yeah. enjoying it that certainly yeah. translates it does and um it's very important to enjoy what you're doing mm, i think i think so so going back to the you, you've drawn up your plans and then you've come back and then you made two two prototypes a green one and a red one i did yeah and i called them vic and bob <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's not many people know that i don't think I, I, i've got vic and brian's got bob, bob right yeah. <laughs> vic being the red one yes and bob being the yeah, green one yeah yeah Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. good to know. I thought, well, yeah, Greg named his after the Beatles. Yeah. So I thought, no, I'll just do Vic and Bob. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. It's what you're the information you're getting people listening to the Red Special podcast is <laughs> insider track in track knowledge or insider knowledge you wouldn't get anywhere else. So you obviously going through building them and I'm guessing you're trying to learn different techniques and different ways of building them because the guitar is so different to, mm. to other guitars so that must have been a bit of an eye-opening challenge trying to get those two done it, it was yeah and it was uh, a majority of it apart from you know like general routing was new to me yeah um like the not the knife edge bedding that in the, and you know those first two guitars there was a fair few mistakes but i mean you you don't learn without making mistakes first so it was and when i took them first took them to brian you know he, he was saying oh this needs changing that needs changing and 
and and and then you sit there and think, oh, why didn't I think of that? And it, it's, it's obvious when it's pointed out, but it's uh, um, yeah, it got there in the end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, th- I remember being on BrianMayWorld.com when the pictures first came available. I think it was Andy Barnett posted some up and you got a bit of flack for the uh, wrong screw in the tremolo yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that, that was a posi drive rather yeah. than a slot so yeah. it's uh soon changed yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that was big news for us back yeah then. that's that's right but it but it is it is sort of kind of important it, it's um when you do start getting into it that that does make the difference because that that's the thing everyone's eye goes to yeah so you you can make you know a hundred fantastic guitars line them up and if there's a sort of a crappy one in the, your eyes just going to go to the the mistakes and the um so yeah <laughs> and then so what happened then you, you took the prototypes up to brian you made some suggestions on alterations hmm. you head back to the workshop with those things in mind and start building the production models yes yeah, yeah pretty much yeah he gave me the okay straight away yeah you know said about the improvements but they, they were you know, very small like just rounding off bridge blocks um taking the mold line off the tremolo tip that it was pretty small yeah um but again it was like why didn't i think of that you know so it's um so yeah he gave me the okay straight away and um did all the improvements what have you and then took the green one up to him and that's when we did the uh did a lot of photography there yeah so uh, some really nice shots on your website of him holding it and that nice quote about it. it's a guitar for connoisseurs yeah that's it yes <laughs> that's uh he's quite old now yeah, that is. yeah. <laughs> it sticks out in my mind because it was at that point you could buy i think there was the only other copy you could get was a kz guitar and it wasn't called the kz pro back then it was just a kz red special and until yours became available it was only really that and maybe a burns that you could actually mm. run the guilds obviously from from the early 80s and 90s that you could buy and then all of a sudden it's kind of out of nowhere there's you and you're making 50 of them and they're the most accurate ever made and they look pretty spot on and endorsed by brian and signed by brian yeah. it's a really exciting time to be part of the whole whirlwind yeah, of red yeah, specials because yeah. it went from no information to or very little information and people had pieced bits together to all of a sudden there's a chap now making them for brian and you can own one and you know this is very exciting yeah the the information about that that that's i didn't know whether that was because i was new to the whole sort of red special scene or not but it did seem like there was a big explosion of it and then uh you know makers would pop up um yes but (laughs) but it's, it's uh yeah it was all very new to me and 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 um a bit of a shock sometimes yeah. yeah the interest that they they um they generated yeah it was, it was a real surprise quite unnerving sometimes yeah i can imagine it's, mm. especially if you weren't a fan not not a fan but weren't a fan of the whole thing to start with and mm. then you've gone into it without sort of researching probably a good thing because you'd have probably walked away i'm not dealing with that lot of idiots <laughs> I'd never go that far. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> you say that. No, no, you know what I mean. That bunch of anoraks, maybe. I'll edit that, it's fine. <laughs> but um, <laughs> dealing with people like me, no. Because um, it, it, it there's a lot of people that have done a lot, you know, it's, it's a lot of us. It's been a large portion of our life, like it has mm. been for you now, but up to that point it was. And all of a sudden then there's a replica available that 
is closer than anything else that's been available and you've had access to the original so you've got the correct body shape and mm. the correct neck shape and mm. all of those things that for years all we could do was look at a photo and try and adjust the parallax and then maybe try and trace it or um to try and get it right mm. there was something out there that was is original or as close to the original as there, there was ever going to be um it was a massive like explosion of interest i suppose and yeah yeah interesting it's, it's, times. I, say, I, I just it was difficult to sort of look at it from that point of view because it was uh but I, you know, it's a mass massively privileged position to be in um but yeah it's kind of the only way to do it properly yeah. i think well it's, definitely uh, yeah yeah i remember because <laughs> then for years you've got obviously that information now is available in the book that simon bradley put together and you've got obviously you took the guitar apart at that point to take the photos and that's and the first time i took the neck out yeah yeah the, the photography for that book and that was a really good day really nerve-wracking but you know i wasn't just taking the neck out of the guitar i was taking it out of the guitar with cameras pointing at yeah. me video 3d <laughs> cameras you know a room full of people yeah. and it was uh yeah that was pretty and you know nigel was doing the electronics yeah. and, and uh i remember when it was they sort of all decided it was time for lunch and i said i can't i have to get that neck back in you know have we got all the photos oh yeah yeah yeah. so i had to put the <laughs> i couldn't relax with the neck out of the body so were you worried it might alter in the heat of the lights um, i don't know no there was no real uh, no real thought process but it was just panic really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no just generally worried about it you yeah. know there was no oh this might happen there's no reasoning behind it it just i was just very uncomfortable with them being apart and i just want to get that together yeah um yeah so i could uh, eat your lunch and try and eat my lunch yeah <laughs> any hope of digesting it so so you um you you, you go off trying to build the 50 was it 40 in red and 10 yeah. in green yeah. and were you able i forget now because it's such a long time ago were you able to pre-order one before you had sign off or did you release them and then start taking interest um i i didn't take any firm orders before brian had said give me the go ahead yeah. um but i had a, probably about three or four people wanting to put down deposits yeah um and it was uh yeah that was a, a you know, building these guitars is not cheap yeah um and i'd had to add all the parts made and so i had like no money whatsoever <laughs> as i really needed these yeah. you know these orders to carry on to, yeah. to eat literally yeah um and when, when he said you know yeah, okay that's fine and then i could take take the orders yeah. and uh yeah that, that was the start of it all Stop putting mm. together. Mm. and um the first person to get one did they come and collect it or did you no they did it? yeah yeah i think i think i know who it is yeah i won't say his name but you can if you like <laughs> it andy? it's your podcast andy barnett is that yes right? yeah yeah so andy's brought that <laughs> yeah i was trying to make sure i got it right then and i think martin pitcher's one of the early ones yeah and colin yeah 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 and then i lose track of where it goes just and i know a few i know a few people that own them and yeah look after them a lot and yeah. um, make sure that they're well looked after and they're very special set of 50 guitars i think so yeah yeah we did the 40 in uh i can't remember why we came up with the figure of 50 um i think it might have just been 
plucked out of thin air to be yeah. honest <laughs> um I, I, no 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 that's 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 uh it's all coming back to me now the 40 because it was 40 years old hmm. that's it that's right yeah. so it was come to its 40th because it was about 2003 i think it did those 2004 so yeah there'd been 40 so it's 40 guitars um and then just another 10 in green, green. because i'd seen a guild in green i thought it looked fantastic <laughs> so why not well, you know 50 yeah but i, I like that sort of earthy green rather yeah. than the, the the bright it kind of suited that all the englishness of the guitar yeah, you know they look fantastic as well the ones that i've seen out in the wild and on photos as well so it's a great choice what the green one yeah, yeah they don't really sort of crop up very much do no, they i know and um, brian's got the bob or the, yeah, yeah bob he plays yeah. um which he was using as his drop d mm. for some time and then i know i think karen Uckman. yeah she's yeah he's got the last green one i think was it yeah i think it is actually yeah, number 10 yeah because we talked to her a little bit on the forum about that yeah and then there's a few people i think have got one of each or one person i know got one of each but i won't i probably get it wrong but it does, it's not interesting it's not that important but yeah i would have to yeah. look at records yeah. I, I can't remember all 50 where they went or anything no. but it's uh yeah. but, but they don't come up very often and when they do they're a lot more expensive than they, they were when, when you <laughs> they seem them. to be yeah. yeah i mean that's um yeah that that's bowled me over that really has that, that, that they can uh you know actually make more money now yeah it, it's um yeah that took me completely by surprise it's just, uh, yeah i guess that might do for us i guess it, it probably wouldn't because it's a, a commodity that you can't purchase and that, uh, that yeah and that's, that's probably why because it because it's limited yeah you know because you you I noticed on your Facebook the other day you had the left hand one is for sale. Yeah. It's up there. It's up there. We'll yeah. have to have a look rack, at that before yeah. I go because that's, <laughs> that's something else to do. We'll have to get yeah. a picture of. Uh, and there is uh, a right handed one in the wings that will be for sale next month or so. Okay. It's good to know. So, Anyone uh, listening interested? Is that through yourself? That, that'll be through me, yeah. So um, keep your eyes posted, people, because yeah. if you want a Guyton Red special, there is only one way to get one, and that is on the second-hand market at the moment, <laughs> straight from Andy. Um, and I'd highly recommend them. <laughs> I've got to say that, but no, I would highly recommend them. Good to know, Andy. Um, so, yeah, so you, you're off in the process of building these 50 guitars. Mm. I mean, I've last year built one it's okay and i had a lot of help i couldn't think how i would then cope with building 49 more <laughs> uh yeah it, it, it must have taken you a while a few years to to go from to get them done i, I think it did i think it was something like 10 years yeah. um i can't think of the dates to be honest that's all right but but it, it, it took a long time yeah and looking back on it now you know i i did go about a lot of it completely the wrong way you know treating it as a hobby um rather than a business yeah you know okay you you can take time on the guitar but you know like ordering parts and things like that so it was um i would just order enough as i could afford or but but um but yeah we got them all done and um yeah they they, they've made a name for themselves so and having played probably about eight of them 
they're all awesome as well. They all play play very well, and they look very nice, and they sound very good. Good, good. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, partly down to Adrian. Yeah, yeah, well, good old Adrian. Yeah. And he, he wasn't. So when you first had the pickups made for them, we're jumping around a bit, but mm. obviously they're not. A, Burns Trisonics, as we know them, aren't or as they were, weren't available. I think you went to Wizard Pickups yeah. originally to yeah. get the. That was. Um, I forget who put me on to I think his name was Andy um, who was it I can't remember but oh, it would have been Greg I'm sure it was Greg put me on to him because he had the spec he had Greg spec with the yeah. the pickup so uh, and initially he he didn't want to do them right <laughs> And until I sort of said they were actually an official you know product endorsed by Brian that, yeah. that it's completely different then so um yeah, he made me some pickups. I think they were based on Kent Armstrong's, like the the casings, yeah. and sounded brilliant, sounded amazing. But the construction was, you know, not quite as they should be. Yeah. But I thought they sounded really good. Uh, but it, <laughs> I mean, it was just uh, an option of just one person, to be honest. Uh, either them, you know, buying stock Kent Armstrong's, yeah. which it's not really. No in the spirit of it is it no. so um but it, it was um i mean listening to your last podcast with with adrian yeah. actually reminded me of how because <laughs> i couldn't remember you know it seems like i've always dealt with adrian yeah. since i can remember but it was uh no, his his pickups are just another level not just in sound i mean this to be honest the sound i can't distinguish between those and, and the wizard ones the early wizard ones but the, the actual build quality and attention to detail, just the fit and finish yeah. of everything is is perfect. And um, so, yeah, there's a no-brainer to use Adrian. Yeah. And he knows everything. He does. <laughs> <laughs> well, he certainly does. And there's a lot more we could have talked about in the last podcast that yeah. we'll probably put another episode out yeah. in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. Because um, we spoke a lot more about lots of other things too. But, no, he's a great guy. And, mm, um mm. He's the uh, Andy guy in the, the pickup world, I would say. Do you think so? Yeah, definitely. He's probably that good, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got a bigger beard than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly does. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, you over 10 years you built the 50. Yeah. Um, do you ever have them come back for work? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Occasionally they, they come in for um, either a bit of refurbishment or some... Uh, I mean, I had two from Austria a couple of years ago i think um when i was starting the um sort of spec for the time warp guitars and they were i say upgraded but it's, it's more of a sidestep yeah they they were altered to to be sort of 70 spec yeah that's pickups pots you know the switches no but pots pickups things like things like that but he um so i've done things like that yeah um and it's just you know wear and tear things do wear out yeah, pots um sometimes they change hands um you know the new owner wants it you know altered in some way or <laughs> it, it, you know but it's, it's very very nice to see them when yeah. they come back because that it seems like the older they get and the more the finish sinks and wear and tear they get they they just look great it's yeah. about a bit of character don't they yeah and... absolutely yeah 
you can really see that they've been loved and looked after and played and sometimes abused. A majority of the time, yeah. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know Sean, I think Sean had his back recently and had the neck re- redone. He uh, finished because he had some dents in it. Yeah, he had some dents done the back. I think. What else did we do on that? Knobs, I think. Yeah, I think that was about it. Yeah, yeah. I think the pots. We did the pots, sort of the time warp spec pots. Um, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah just a general update, really. <clears throat> yeah, and he's very pleased with it. But I'm jumping around again. But yeah, so I might re-edit this back into earlier. But... No, don't keep it all in. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. Increases it, makes the flow better. Well, yeah. I, people realise that it's <laughs> just me and a microphone. There's no professional setup. I'm just going to point out as well, if you can hear someone else in the room, my dad is with me um, today because, for a reason we'll come on to later, but dad is sat in the room listening to us, unfortunately. <laughs> um, poor dad. Um, but I was just going to go back to when you were building the 50 red special, the, fifth, the first 50. I'm, I'm sure people that listen to the podcast will know the intricate details of the red special and that brian and harold pretty much handcrafted everything at home out of stuff they had as a builder then trying to recreate that these parts aren't on shelves in the fender catalog that you can go and pick up and buy you've really got to have measured everything and then try and find a company and express exactly what you want and try and get things manufactured and made specifically for them it's not straightforward no it's not no everything Apart from tuners, um, I think everything, that's the only off-the-shelf, but even then they're modified with yeah. the, the tuner buttons. Um, yeah, everything was sort of bespoke it's, to these guitars, yeah, so everything. Massive so, amount of work before yeah. you even sit down with a, a bit of wood and start yeah. doing anything. I think the, the pots and the jack socket, they were off, yeah. off the... <laughs> those ones were off the peg anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a... I, just jumped into my head there's a great photo of you and greg over the original red special Uh, i think greg's got a hacksaw and you've got a a hammer hammer and you were doing some work on yeah i think it probably was changing the jack socket over from um no that wasn't the jack socket that would have been was it the zero fret the zero fret was i i you know what i can't remember i really can't remember i remember the photo i remember it being taken i can't remember what we were doing i think we might have just been um deciding a plan of attack on the repairs um but i really can't remember someone listening will be able to tell you what it was because there'll be someone that's documented yeah i I did do the 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 jack socket but that was like so nerve-wracking because they wanted a a modern day one so we um, what are they called anyway we put a, a high end jack socket yeah. in there and uh, so we had to actually remove some wood yeah. and so it was all done with a, a dremel with a flexi shaft and uh, while we're grinding I mean Pete's there with a hoover yeah. you know and it's, it's almost like keyhole surgery and just didn't breathe for the entire time but, um, but yeah the, the, the zero fret was a bit of a surprise as well because it was um, I think that was on that day we laid it on uh, Brian's dining room table and um, loosened the strings off, took them out, and the zero fret literally fell out. Right. And, and none of us knew it was there under string pressure. Yeah. And um, you, you could kind of visibly see the colour disappear from Pete's face, you know, so they've, they've got lots of spares now of zero frets. But, yeah, that, that was very badly worn and causing you know, all sorts of tuning issues. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it did different shapes and some... 
compensated, some with sort of a wave on them to try and compensate different strings. And yeah, because yeah. you've ended up is the if you, you now nailed the zero fret, so they've got rep, lots of the replica of that one that fits. Yeah, yeah. So and that's like a a wing, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, it, it's. Uh, it's taller towards the back edge of it so it's, so it's a large gauge fret wire uh, purely because we can get the break point further back yeah so you can keep the shape in keep a little bit of height in it and uh, just get the, the the break point further back yeah so it's behind the tang rather than over the tang right uh, makes sense interesting as well that must have been yeah. a fun problem to fix yeah, yeah. and an easy one yeah. yeah and and they they yeah they, literally put it in and it was just like the whole thing came to life yeah. open chords are all in tune and you yeah made all the difference good job they chose you to look after it, well Andy. you know there's other people to do it, i'm sure <laughs> no i'm sure there isn't. Uh, do you think just filing a piece of metal isn't it <laughs> do you think though your experience of building the 50 and learning all that you would have learned doing those then helped you when you came to later on work on the original hmm probably just just with confidence as well you know yeah. adding to that rather than um actual sort of know-how i suppose yeah you know that th th they were very very close to the original so it, yeah it just gives you a little bit of uh, confidence i guess yeah because I, I would imagine you might not even have recognized it but having then made 50 of them and handling them and playing with them and knowing how intricate they are and what you need to do inside then the red special it's almost because they're so close muscle memory as well as being, <laughs> being comfortable yeah, around them yeah and it's things like polishing yeah um and spraying them but i um when i had the i'm jumping around again yeah, that's though. all right yeah when i had the the original one here for its its sort of uh refurbishment um i videoed everything and i videoed myself polishing it and and it was you look back on it you think oh it just looks so I wouldn't say slapdash, but it like I was doing it quickly. Yeah. And um but it's just like you say, it's muscle memory yeah. how you hold the guitar. Yeah. And uh you know, and, and it was surprising to watch that back. Yeah. And and you do go on to autopilot rather than doing everything really carefully, you know, I could do it with confidence and yeah. uh, and that was because I built fifty of them. Yeah. I remember you um, when I first arranged the first Red Special Meetup, I think it was the first one, when I arranged them in Reading, I invited you along and you came and you let us watch the video that you yeah, made. Yeah. And I've never seen a room of people <laughs> go so quiet. You could literally hear a pin drop yeah. with all these grown adults like yeah. glued to watching that video. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing to watch. Oh, brilliant. It's um everyone talks about it I, i'm not going to ask you but people do ask me to ask you yeah when's it coming out are I, we ever going to see it again i have but no I... idea it, it, it's it's i've been on the back burner for a few years now because yep. it's it, it, all it's waiting for is a, a commentary from yep. me and <laughs> then to be oh and we've we've done one and um brian wasn't completely happy with it so I thought, i'll redo it but then you know life gets in the way Definitely. and work and so it, it's literally waiting for me just to do another and um get brian's approval yeah but it'd probably be in four parts it'd probably be like four 10 minute <clears throat> videos or whatever I, I you know i haven't really decided yet but so it's a great insight into what 
what went on in that restoration mm. and what the the condition of the guitar and how well used it had been on how well worn it was and then how it looked at the end of it and, yeah and your own skill and um what you're capable of doing with something that is basically a vintage antique with well priceless yeah um and what you managed to yeah. get it to look like it's yeah testament to your work sir it was um that's very kind of you to say so but, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was pretty terrifying doing that because it's um uh, I remember when we, we picked it up. I had Will helping me then. And uh, we got it back to the workshop and um, about to disassemble it. I said, well, let's, let's put Queen on and, you know, and, and really try and enjoy it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just the worst thing we could have done. It was just, just com <laughs> we were just both a complete bundle of nerves. No, take Queen off because it's, uh, it's just a constant reminder of where it's been, what yeah. it's done. Um no, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I guess you, you're probably looking at it not with dread because it's work and it's it's what you do and you're very good at it. But do you ever stop to think, like, how well thought of by Brian and Pete you are well, for them to give it to you to bring back to work on and and trust you with it? I, I, I don't give it a great deal of thought. I I don't. I suppose I, I'm. Um, I don't take it for granted. Yeah. Because it'd be the easiest thing in the world to pick up and call another guitar maker or repairer. Yeah. So so you have to uh sort of be on your game all the time. Yeah. So and, and I do you know I really realize how lucky I am to be able to do that sort of thing, you know. So um sorry, what was the question? <laughs> do, <laughs> do, do you ever stop to like think of um how how much they must trust in you and how much they think of your skills when you're working on it because obviously they they could go to another guitar maker mm. but i would say they w won't because another guitar maker hasn't made 50 60 red specials and has that relationship with them and yeah and i think there's a there's a trust thing as well um yeah once they build up a relationship they're kind of with you for life yeah uh, and um so you, you really don't want to balls that up yeah um so i don't i don't really think about it a lot but but like i said i just don't take it for granted so you know you just have to do everything that's asked of you <laughs> and do it properly yeah um you know i treat all the jobs like that yeah but it's um but they do value that sort of thing yeah so. well, it's, it's how things should be done really on mm. trust and I guess yeah, a little bit of integrity, and it's uh, it goes a long way. Gentlemen's agreements, and yeah. you know, doing the right thing, and, and not taking advantage of the situation That's either, right. and and being respectful of what it is. Yeah, and, and then uh, and the the amount of comments I used to get, and I, and I was amazed because you know as soon as you you people know you start working for Brian May, they, they instantly say, well, "God, but you're charging him a lot for that." Yeah. And I said, "Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. It, it, it's." you know it, it's just wouldn't do it yeah just wouldn't do it, it it's uh I, I, yeah and it's just uh, ultimately he's a customer isn't he he's mm. more than a customer obviously that's i'm not saying it he's just a customer but mm. like everyone else they get the same level i mean i've worked with you before andy and bought guitars off you and mm. i would like to think you get the same level of craftsmanship and work whether you're brian may or mm. or do yeah. lowly john underhill who yeah. can't play two notes to save his life well if you enjoy the guitars <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, 
you know, it doesn't matter if you hang it on the wall and you look at it and you can't play a note. It, it, it's if you're getting enjoyment from it, it, it really doesn't matter. It's like a painting. Yeah. You know, people spend a lot of money on paintings because they enjoy looking at them yeah. or enjoy owning them. And uh, same with guitars. Yeah, definitely. I would say if anyone hasn't tried a guitar, guitar though, and there is a certain, I wouldn't say magic because magic seems a bit crass maybe, but there's a certain something about when you pick one up and play it that it just plays really well. Whichever one of yours I've owned and picked up and played or a red special replica or any of the other guitars that i've picked up and played of yours they're just so well set up and easy to play well that that's everything isn't it, yeah. it it's um that 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 and the sound is more important than anything you know sound balance and feel yeah. you know apart from that it, it can it can look like anything <laughs> it can be you know nailed together pallet wood it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> But if it sounds great, feels great, you know, plays well, it's um, well, yeah, you, you, you you've cracked it. So th- th- they're the most important things, you know. If it leaves the workshop, I think yeah, that that plays really well. You yeah. know, it's, it's um, but I'd recommend if anyone's interested or has got a friend with one, try and badger them to let you have a go on it because it's a different experience. Because until you've played one, you don't quite understand. I didn't understand it and think. I think it was Collins. Um, Guyton and I, I played, and I was just like, "This." Just I think is... that's number two, isn't it? Yeah, I think. And it's just like this is so much easier to play than any of the other Red Specials I've played, and any guitars I've played. And then I think I, I might have played Mike Rides, and then played Sean's, and he's like, "There's a consistent theme here. They're all really good to play." <laughs> that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we all come back, Andy. <laughs> but. But you've also made some other guitars, Red Special inspired, mm-hmm. and other bits and pieces that are s- surrounding us. I know. I think I journeyed up to visit you once in your old workshop because I want, really wanted to buy one of the original fifty, and um, you showed me some drawings on on the the desk. One of them was, I think, the Spade. You or the we won't call it the Spade guitar because Brian doesn't like it, but. Um, the heart-shaped guitar mm. that was the other design that Brian and Harold put together. I think you'd either just delivered it or were in the process of taking it over. And then you had the twin neck design on the, the desk, which you showed me. And I've got to see all these ideas to do. Mm. And then I probably haven't seen you then for another like 10 or 15 years. But you've gone on and made all of those. Yeah. And, and those ideas have come come to be. So Yeah. The, the Spade guitar was... Um, that was just like a... a passing comment with Brian we were just leafing through some drawings and he said oh this is something I, I designed you know after the the original and he just sort of passed it to me so you can make it if you like and yeah. okay so uh, <laughs> yeah did some drawings for it you know did some scale drawings to yeah. make sure everything would work okay or fit and um, it did uh, initially I wasn't a fan of it uh, but as soon as the red hit the body you know the, 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 the paint it just kind of made sense yeah and with the gold hardware and, and it, it just looked fantastic just like something like the Jetsons really yeah. just, it that's looked fantastic picture of it over that's there that's right yeah. just admiring it from yeah. a distance that's it dad over there look <laughs> just over there red one yeah I've never seen it but Brian looked happy when he when you delivered it yeah sound yeah it sounded a little different it, it, yeah. it's sort of uh, I think it's got an older body maple neck so it's it's kind of a, a bit like a telly, really. Yeah. 
bit more traditional guitar yeah. construction. Yeah, just two pickups. But yeah, great looking thing. How yeah. different it would have been if they'd gone with design number two instead yeah, of design no, number one. Yeah. <laughs> it would have sounded good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it certainly would have. Mm. And then I think I remember the other one that stuck in my mind was the twin neck that you made mm. with the 12 string and then the six string underneath. Yeah. I know you ended up building one for Brian and he yeah. toured with it for a little bit. What was he, that like to he, make? Uh, enormous amount of work. Yeah. It just seemed to go on and on and on. I think it took me um, two weeks just to assemble it. Yeah. So wow. it's, it's effectively two guitars and, um, you know, just the wiring, everything was, took ages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a huge guitar. It's very heavy. Yeah. And it's, uh, but a great looking thing. And, yeah. and I remember it would have been Andrew Morgan sent me a picture. I think it was a screenshot from the um, the gig they did in, uh, in, I can't remember where it was, in Russia somewhere. First time he'd used it live. Yeah. And he sent me this screenshot. Like, oh, look at this. Yeah. And it's just a great looking thing. Yeah. It really is. That's also up there in the corner there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For reference. No, it looks fantastic. I, I know it ended up at one of the meetups one year. It did, yeah. I didn't actually attend that one because i was on my red special hiatus but okay um what a lovely thing to to be able to take up did was that one you took up yes yeah because yeah. i know when you've come to the meetups you always try and bring bits and pieces you've built no, i try to yeah because everyone's interested and it's um you know i am too so it's yeah. uh it, it's nice to read to see these things again yeah. i mean at, at, when i took that down it was it was a sort of a current guitar and yeah. he just finished touring with it but it hasn't been in use for well some time now is that i think i remember reading correct you'll probably know it's the weight he doesn't like yeah the yeah he's not overly keen on the weight so yeah he just makes do with his, his guitar yeah. and that that's his you know great thing to have built though isn't it oh yeah yeah that's <laughs> brilliant and the you know i've come up with several designs based on that that shape yeah uh, and some things it, it just cries out for you know like um, F holes and things yeah. like that. So, uh, which leads us on to, I neatly. guess, yeah, very <laughs> almost like we planned it. <laughs> the, um, the, the, the badger guitars, yeah, yeah, which are stunning things. Yeah, I was really pleased with them, yeah. especially the the Mark Two. Yeah, the, the first one, and um, Brian liked it, but I I um I got a message from Pete saying the the acoustic bridge he said it doesn't sound that good he said brian would have gone with it if the if the three pickups were on there yeah and if the acoustic bridge sounded good he'd have put up with the two pickups but i said okay well well let's have it back and just revisit the whole thing um because i had this idea for the the sort of liquid pit guard if you like yeah. the the, uh, the molded pit guard um so we did went with that and and so he got everything we we you know redid the bridge put on the lr bags i think it's their x bridge or something and it's like the uh the piezo pickups from yeah. that in uh, into rosewood bridge um and then just the three trisonics and um that was great you know yeah, so. you know that, that that really you know i was really pleased with how that went how it looked yeah I mean that that pick. How did the pick guard? How did you do that? Because that's um, I've I've got a former and it and it's done obviously done with heat. Yeah. And then you, you literally just heat it up and press it down as accurate as you can, and then 
um, it's just varying grits of sandpaper, blocks and sandpaper and polishing. Yeah. So a great deal of that. It's not easy. No, it doesn't look easy. No, it's not easy at all. But but it's <laughs> uh, you know it, it's oh, I say it's surprisingly easy to do. But it's it's uh, <laughs> I've had no sort of cock ups with, no. with the pit guards yet. Yeah. So they they uh, they go smoothly, but yeah. they're 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 quite difficult. A lot of work. I'm yeah, there's a lot of work, but but it's it's worth it, and it's just getting those highlights to sort of flow. Yeah, they look stunning. I know the meet you brought one of them along to my first meet up. I've got a picture of myself playing it, mm. and it just—it's it, one of those pictures where it's, it makes me smile because it's a guitar Brian's played live on stage, yeah, and it yeah. just looks awesome. And yeah. it's a lovely, a lovely thing to behold. Well, thank you. It's—I um, <laughs> like them. I yeah. mean, I, I think my favourite was Pete's. Yeah, yeah, that uh, was. Um, have you seen that one? Yeah, was it? Um, it's on the website, isn't it? Is it a red colour? Yeah, like it, a, it's supposed to look like. Um, holding uh, a bottle of bourbon up yeah. to a light yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes more sense now <laughs> it's uh it's pete's favorite drink yeah. so so we thought it was a light shining through the bottle you get all these lovely sort of ambers yeah. and reds going down to a uh, a dark brown and it's it's supposed to look like that on the pictures it, it kind of looks a, a little redder yeah but it, it was a lovely looking thing it looks very special yeah very sure. pleased with that and you've also you you built another one a different red special for nigel knight yeah, yeah. Is that the Ruby special? Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of a story with that one too, isn't there? Yeah, it's. it's uh, I think he first asked me about that one at um, Andrew Morgan's wedding. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that that sort of you know that evolved. He said, "I want one." He said, "But I want it in in Bubinga." Yeah, I think it was to match the drum kit, or it was because it's a popular thing to have with drums. Bubinga, Nigel, yeah. Um, but then everything was gold, yeah. and then instead of the um, the dot markers in the the volume and tone, instead of the the sort of painted dimple, we had these rubies set in yeah. there. So, uh, but yeah, it looked great. It's a stunning looking yeah. thing. Yeah, and he, he hadn't owned it very long. He dropped it, didn't he? Uh, I'm not quite sure. It, it, yeah, it's, something happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd forgotten until you actually yeah. said. I, I seem to remember something happening. But. I think it fell off the strap button or something. Oh, and dropped it not long after owning it and yeah had to come back and so i think i probably wind him up about it every meetup oh dear yeah. <laughs> and what does he say I can't, I can't, <laughs> it's a family show i couldn't re- <laughs> i couldn't repeat that sound like nigel yeah <laughs> <laughs> it sounds exactly like nigel all said a good good spirit though yeah, of course it's, nigel's a lovely chap very lovely and then you you ended up i think um after all of this and making loads of different guitars and whatnot, at some point, Martin Pitcher of the Forum, who had one of the first Red Special replicas, mm. um, maybe number three? I, don't know. I can't remember. It's called um, Sharon, isn't he? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's called oh, Sharon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all these little nuggets you're coming out yeah. of. <laughs> coming back to me, it's though. Like, I've got a good memory for this stuff. Um, so he created a design to be able to take his Red Special travelling with him, mm. which was the... And he... The story goes, so it's on your website, so you probably correct me if I'm wrong, if I've misquoted it, but he if wanted... it's on there, it'll be true. He wanted to make something <laughs> that he could take travelling with him because he was travelling a lot yeah. with, with his wife for work and he didn't want to take Sharon with him because of, one, what it meant to him and the size of it, and so he wanted to see if he could design a smaller, transportable version of the mm. Red Special with all of the 
intricacies of the red special but on a smaller scale and a smaller form factor that he could carry on a flight mm. and he sent you an email and heard back from you a bit later on but it was a yes and you ended up making them with him or with his design yeah it was um we sort of price out for it and it was you know it it, ju it just sort of didn't happen really and um when the uh i think the badges were first weren't they yeah when they started to come to a close you know you, you start thinking well what next yeah and and i remember this email that martin sent me and he, he sent me a like, photoshop mock-up and, and i loved it yeah. <laughs> I, I remember opening the emails and oh, it just it looked perfect you know um so i just spoke to him and said what, what do you think about doing a limited edition of these yeah. and he was you know all over it he thought yeah. it was a great idea so um yeah i, I altered it slightly just very slightly yeah. just on, on the sort of uh above, above the neck the body above the neck just to give it a little bit more sort of meat to it um but then we built a prototype and um and yeah it all went from there really they, they sold quite well yeah. there's um we sold 21 of those yeah they was it 25 um th th there is but I, I think the bridge has been discontinued now right i've got enough stock for that there's the last two uh being built now and um that's it uh, hanging there yeah <laughs> and um so we'll probably keep it at 21 yeah nice yeah that's a good number for a limited number of guitars seems like it doesn't it 21 yeah, yeah. Is that leading us on to anything else? Maybe in a minute. Okay. <laughs> we'll come back to that number. It's a okay. magic number, 21. Okay. Um, so then, so you built these smaller red special transporters and you work with, um, obviously, Martin and you also work with Nigel yeah. on the electronics. Yeah. And yeah. It's a custom design. Yeah. The switch plate assembly was yeah. built in treble booster and yeah. red light. They're very tightly packaged. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're a great design and they um, there is just no room in them at all nothing um and then we, we introduced the option of a a series parallel switch and that that made things even worse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but they um yeah nigel's great he designed all the electrics so they they are they're just on a pcb everything's you know mounted to that so they drop in yeah um still a little bit of alignment you know to be done but there's uh but yeah they've got the illuminated um treble booster switch yeah. and yeah they're, they're, they're great they're, they are great i really like them so um, but that they that's spurred different you know different models yeah. and because i just love the shape the balance and so yeah that, that's led to all sorts of things that yeah. one yeah because it just lends itself to everything yeah and it's they look so small compared to a red special as well yeah although the scale length is still 24 inches yeah. and when you put the two beside obviously it looks like you just cut the headstock off and mm. a bit of the body out and reshaped it but no they're great they're really really smart i think so yeah yeah and they are. but they're, they're, that is a great design i, I really like it yeah best not say too much because martin might listen <laughs> i think he's got a bit of a background in it isn't he yeah he does design, yeah. <laughs> he's a pretty talented chap himself actually um very good at playing guitar like brian may as well mm -hmm. and a photographer yep he's a all-around nice chap really. yeah yeah and then so next up you for, i'm trying to go through a chronology really <clears throat> you obviously had and we've spoken about earlier the red special in for restoration um around 2016 was it 2017 yeah 2016 yeah 
So you've got the guitar in here in your workshop. Are you leaving it in the workshop overnight or are you No, no. No, no that that that's um all trace of it is gone yeah. uh, from the workshop <laughs> and it it it's 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 safe. Yeah. Good. And it's separated if it's in parts the parts are separated. Yeah. So um uh, and that that's the most nerve-wracking thing. Can't leave the house. Yeah. So if it's here for two weeks, I can't leave the house for two weeks. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like being on lockdown yeah. when it's when it's here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that 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 is pretty nervy. Yeah, that really is. Um, Can imagine. Yeah. And do you approach it in a different way, or do you just still take it apart the same way you did originally? Have you, you learned more of its secrets since? Oh, I tell you what. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, originally I had two days with it, and it's just not enough. Yeah, there's so much to it. It depends how how much detail you want to go into, but it seems like every time I work on it, there's it gives out another little secret. <laughs> and it's things that you, you might not or you, you don't necessarily see through photos. Yeah. You can sometimes see it in a photo, but but unless you see it firsthand, it just does photos just aren't enough. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting I know well we'll come on to some of the things you may have found out about it yeah. more recently but I know um, oh, I can't remember when it was now is it 2018 or 2017 the Bohemian Rhapsody film came yeah, out yeah. and they, they phoned you up and asked you if you could make some guitars for that <laughs> they didn't give you very long did they? no they didn't <laughs> it was um, initially I hope I get this right it, but it is they wanted three guitars uh, in three weeks yeah no, sorry two weeks and um I just, it, it's it's impossible yeah it, it that cannot be done yeah not the these anyway yeah uh no no matter how much you try and streamline it, it, it it's so uh they, they they then changed it to two and i said it's still i can't do it, it so so <laughs> and they said okay well we need one for uh, I can't remember the date. It was sometime in September for the um, filming of the Live Aid. Yeah. Live Aid scenes. So, okay, let's, I can do it. Yeah. yeah let's, uh, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I thought two weeks, there must be a way. Yeah. Um, it says so we, two weeks for that guitar, and then two weeks after, I would build this, the sort of bow rack one. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was two full days to start with just figuring out everything yeah. to see what i had in stock what i could use what i could sort of cannibalize and 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 just think of ways of getting around you know normal production but doing everything much quicker yeah um and, and yeah we got it done and uh you know will was with me and uh yeah, yeah that, that that worked out a treat that really did and that was the first time i did uh any form of relicking which up until then uh, you know i just didn't want to know i couldn't see the fascination yeah. but having done those yeah that something clicked uh, <laughs> doing those and uh, you know and i i really enjoyed it yeah really enjoyed it you can tell you did again because when you look at those guitars the photos and the film you yeah. can see the level of detail in them and the, the guitars and what you went to the lengths you went to to make them look authentic get the colors right and finish them and they had that look about them that yeah no other guitars even though 
they were plywood bodies i think mm. weren't they mm. um so not and not wired up but mm. they just looked spot on to the point where some people on the forum were saying oh brian's just taken the the coin off the headstock and lent it to him <laughs> well, that's good yeah yeah that's, that's sort of the ultimate praise <laughs> yeah. isn't it we were a um, bit, some of us are a bit more like why would he have done that and you probably got andy to build them or something yeah yeah that that was yeah that they were built well several months before it came out yeah. so it was um but it was uh it, it, I, I loved doing it yeah absolutely loved it i remember um a couple of things I'm going to point out one of them you named Alex didn't you yes yes that's right because the the first one um was finished the day my first grandson was born Alex yeah which is just brilliant yeah it's brilliant um and the second one is is called Adrian yep because it's a 70s one and um my brother was born in uh you know he was of that period he was born in 1970 so yeah see these are the things people don't know no they're, they're learning today yeah it's good to name guitars isn't definitely. it definitely yeah to come up with a name for mine which we'll come on to okay <laughs> <laughs> but i remember talking to you at the time and you almost like an epiphany moment you've mentioned the relicking that you'd enjoyed it so much mm. you would have loved to have made the guitars actually work yeah i did that yeah that's that's a, a bit of a regret but it's uh... yeah but that sparked something else off because mm. i remember then staying in touch with you a little bit um and talking to you about the possibility of you you know making more red specials and you then phoned me up one day i think this is how it goes and said i've spoken to brian and pete and they've commissioned me to make 20 21 time warp red specials yeah. um yeah one, one do you want one because stop badgering me about <laughs> one. <laughs> i um I did have a fair bit of interest after um after the film came out yeah um for relic red specials uh, and and I did sort of think about it and and it was um uh, you know like you say I, I did enjoy them yeah and it was uh and it it was sort of like a you know since I did the first 50 there's other manufacturers Carado in Italy and um, Michael Danson and, yep. and they're all brilliant guitars yeah. so it's um, I suppose I just wanted to really get into the, the the sort of guts of the guitar and replicate everything yeah um, so that, that yeah that's what I've done yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're now sat in a, a room or Andy's workshop with I don't know 20 no 90 no it must be 17 bodies cut out uh, nearly finished no those are all uh, there's uh, oh i see what you mean yeah there's these ones yeah and then we've got some uh, f- yeah. finished 70s mo- or nearly finished 70s model luke timmins which i've put a dent in um some others nearly finished and my yeah brand new yeah just picked it up picked up today number one of 21 well they're all number one of 21 they are yeah the first one finished guyton time warp red special yeah and it's absolutely stunning andy thank you it's, and it's something i'm massively proud of and so you should yeah be. It, it's um like i say when i did the ones for the film something just clicked and you know did those and it looked like the original i yeah. was so happy with it that it was like oh, i need to go further yeah and um you know and i spoke with you know brian over emails and things like that about different techniques he'd used 
with fingerboard and the, you know the fretting and yeah. all these different sort of ideas and and just getting really into the nitty-gritty of everything yeah so replicating every nut and washer where it is the thicknesses the level of corrosion and um yeah it's it's, it's fascinating <laughs> that it really it is I, I i literally can't wait to get in the workshop and and start on the next one yeah when you can tell that from talking to you and you, you've been very good to me because you've been sending me in the last few weeks that little updates that yeah outside of um so for those of you that don't know if you had ordered one there's a certain special hidden section on andy's website where you can go and andy's been updating us with progress over the construction of them with all the various yeah. details and, and pictures but you can only get there if you are purchasing one and you yeah, can't purchase yeah. one anymore because no, they're all no. sold out no i think they sold out in february so Which is uh, fantastic it is yeah but andy's been keeping me up to date with the last few bits and pieces of yeah. mine sending me little teaser shots and he sent me a video a couple nights ago of him taking it to band practice yeah and I knew it was going to be awesome because it's a Guyton Red special and it's so special and the lengths that Andy was going to because the amount of conversations we've had over yeah. the last few years about various elements but the look on Andy's face as he played it <laughs> it's just abs that itself is priceless because yeah, you can just see yeah. that he's absolutely Natural chuffed reaction, to bits yeah. with, with what he's created yeah. it's, it's such a testament to your work thank and you how much level of detail you've gone to in these um, it's amazing and you actually had the original guitar here in the workshop in mm. December 2020 yeah to do another few bits and pieces yeah, and it, yeah. that was a bit of a double-edged sword Andy I think a little bit yeah that there was a um it's a sort of small problem or no, not problems at all no differences I mean with the, with the feel of the, the the original when you start to you know really look at it and analyze it you know just just down to how the the fingerboard sort of rolled in between the frets how yeah. it's worn how the fret ends are dressed um and some of this stuff you can only see you know with an optivisor on yeah but it makes a difference everything makes a difference with the with the feel and it can make a difference between you picking it up and enjoying it or forgetting about it or not yeah i think oh this is doesn't feel quite right or something's wrong you just get the feeling you know and that can make all the difference um and i before that i built four necks i think and there's just that little voice in you know and, and if i would have i could have carried on but it would have given them they wouldn't have looked natural yeah the aging has to look natural um so i just remade these necks you know which was time consuming but i just knew that's what had to be done so um and i remember the convert you, you phoned me up in december actually and you're like john i need to talk to you yeah <laughs> you <laughs> won't what, be getting your phone yeah. your, your uh guitar at christmas no. yeah and i remember you you're so w worried about telling us or telling me and the other the other three yeah well it's 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 not a nice conversation to have but in the end it, it's led to a a far more accurate and and comfortable guitar yeah definitely so, uh, and um yeah knowing it's right as well knowing mm. you've had the original here and knowing that you're able to look at those finite details and compare like for like and check everything again and then take every screw out and measure it yeah and, yeah and learn a couple extra secrets that maybe not everyone knows and we may or may not share later but yeah. um it's just so special to know that that's included in 
in these guitars yeah, now. Yeah, everything's included. I, I did literally take every screw out and measure the length, diameter, and the, these are identical. Yeah. yeah. No, you can really tell when, yeah. if you've looked at as many pictures as some of us on the forum would have, and, and I have over the years of the original and various copies. I walked in today and um, I actually waited before I opened the case because Andy wanted to make a cup of coffee for us, <laughs> which was lovely. And I thought, I'm going to savour the moment. And I opened the case and it's just like, literally like if i'd built a time machine or if andy built a time machine and gone back to the period of which my guitar was i asked him to build which is sort of 70s neck with 80s body to kind of look like starlex but mm. without the shallow tuners or the one yeah the chrome the one, one the, the, the one chrome the tuner. yeah yeah one broken g tuner and it just it took me back to it's that child within not that child within me but it's like that little kid in me that first watched starlex and was like that guitar sounds amazing mm. i need one i need that guitar that is the guitar for me that's the one thing i want in life that's that guitar and it's like it's sat in front of me in a case and it's now mine and andy's built it to its lengths and details which have never been done before mm. in, in any any scale well, that's great that that's exactly what i wanted to do yeah and uh, you know i haven't done it by myself no there, there's <laughs> there's been you know a lot of help yeah uh, with with various bits tuners you know switches switches have all been completely made by you know from scratch yeah um and uh you know 3d printed actuators and yeah. so it's uh it, yeah, every it's, it's funny you know looking back on it now it's such a lot of effort in these guitars <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot it's so it much lot. work yeah N nothing is off the shelf again no, no. even even less so or even more so not off the shelf now because of uh, the lengths you've gone zero through. yeah yeah the, even the uh the output jacks are the original um what are they called again the um, organ yeah that's it and and but they've been altered yeah you know to how brian altered his yeah so um yeah and nothing is off the shelf no nothing i know the the yeah. switches was that tim grocott you yeah yeah and tim did, and doug yeah yeah good old doug yeah lovely doug yeah tim would sort of, sort of made some and uh i'd seen them on facebook because i just didn't know what to do about the switches yeah. and so i approached him and sort of asked for his help and you know he was great um and, and in between us I, I got a few of the components sort of cut with water jets the yeah. contacts and the, the actual plates um but you know just designing jigs to fold the plates yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and what about contact so we're we're <laughs> a fun fact the, the 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 contacts are from um the fender switches the crl five blade yep oh sorry five position blade switches so we, we take those off uh, but having to buy these switches effectively makes the contacts worth more than pure gold Blimey. weight for weight <laughs> it's an interesting i'm gonna yeah it's an interesting i don't know what the price of gold is at no. the moment, but at the time, <laughs> time yeah. i think it was you know i weighed i don't know a hundred of them yeah um you know worked out how much that was in switches uh and that was more than the equivalent weight in gold Blimey. yeah it's a good fact it is isn't it it is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you you've done it differently this time as well because you've as as we discussed earlier rather than the first 50 where you were you're making a few and then buying the bits you, yeah you've gone yeah. out and you've bought 21 or 
a few more of everything yeah, yeah. so that you've got spares in yeah. case something goes wrong and you, yeah you have that all here in the that, workshop that, that's right and a, a lot of it was sort of scouring on ebay as well for yeah. for like the 80s shallows yeah. you know for the live aid one it had these sort of boxy bodied shallows that aren't available yeah um so it's just hunting those down yeah. uh, and and because you know you're going to be fitting 20 year old tuners yeah. buying just enough for i think they've sold pretty much half and half yeah so i only really needed 11 but i bought 20 i think i got about 21 sets of those yeah. So if then anyone, you, yeah. So if if they're worn or ones, you know, knackered, then I've got plenty of spares. Yeah. So it's um, good backup as well. Yeah. And I remember another conversation I had with you oh when uh, here we go. I know I <laughs> probably speak to you too much. Really, no wonder they've taken a while to do. <laughs> it's got me on the phone. Um, I remember talking to you about them when you got the OK and the the sign off on them, and I remember saying to you the only one thing about the guitars that really bugged me, the purist in me, and the bohemian rhapsody film was that the guitar strap that they used was nowhere near what brian was using apart from the fact that it was leather and i think i said to you have you considered supplying the guitars with mm. a, a more authentic leather strap and my memory tells me you said oh john that's a great idea do you know anyone that can do it funny you should say that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit of self-promotion yeah well <laughs> and you did i think that's how the conversation went yeah and so I said I do and he sat in the room with us he's not got a mic so he can't talk but <laughs> he's smiling away <laughs> he is um, but my dad um, Richard Underhill my wonderful dad was a master shoe repairer and leather worker in his career and I volunteered him on the phone that day to you to say I'm sure if mm. if anyone can do it dad can can pull it out the bag and you then commissioned us to go away and make 23 straps something like that yeah yeah replicas of brian's actual strap that he used and um you went to the lengths of talking to pete about it and you've got the original strap yeah we were then able to get the original um stamps couldn't find them anywhere so we had them remade um which uh, the actual stamps themselves are works of art yeah they are um yeah and then you made the buckle from yeah just did a yeah you did castings from that didn't you yeah he's the guy that does the swords of pirates of the caribbean yeah lives down the road from dad he uh did the the buckles for us and then we spent the best part of two years making bloody things and aging them (laughs) (laughs) to try and get them but they look look great don't they yeah they they really set it off I, i really think i mean when we were doing it i know talking to dad he was getting frustrated not frustrated but it's making the same thing over or you would know mm. from the guitars and we were just messing around with leather but making them and doing it and trying to replicate it and get it right and then the amount of testing we did on various different types of leather and stain yeah. and yeah. colors and type and then once we had them we had to age them and try and make them look worn in and make the leather feel pliable and then put the stamps in all the right places and whatnot it's an absolute it seems endless doesn't it but i think i finally it took us (laughs) (laughs) he's nodding i think it it took us about two years to finish it yeah and i remember sending the last lot up to you yeah but um seeing it now with the guitar it just looks i'm so glad yeah that we did it yeah massively because they they look great it just in that right it just looks fantastic together mm. i think because all the all the sort of iconic photos of it yeah. are with that strap yeah. it's, it's uh you know with all the tape around it yeah. And... yeah it looks 
it does look really good and mm. thank you for from me for allowing us or indulging me in <laughs> in being able to help you and working with my dad on something that yeah. means so much to me much like it's not the same as brian and harold building the thing originally but there was a lot of parallels and it yeah it, yeah. it allowed us to work together on something that that meant something to yeah. me so i'll never forget that thank you so no, no no worries <laughs> they, they're they're a great yeah great strap yeah no and yeah no they are <laughs> <laughs> they should be <laughs> Is, and so the guitars themselves you obviously i've today first of june 2021 i've picked the first one up you've got another 20 to produce yeah um they're all sold out so you can't yeah. buy one you're having one yeah brian's having one. yeah brian's having one i know luke timmons is having one i think i yeah i'm gonna yeah. drop kick that out the door yeah before i leave put some extra scratches in it <laughs> <laughs> poor luke poor luke indeed <laughs> it's not his fault he's from dudley <laughs> 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 no um yeah it's absolutely amazing andy and i'm still lost for words looking at the guitar it's actually in the case at the minute but there's they're all over the place and there's it's the attention to i can't words don't just words and pictures don't really do it justice it's the amount of work you can see you've put into mm. them to get them right and to get all of the bits and pieces done properly and i just hope that when people see them and um there'll be able to, that comes across to everyone else which i'm sure yeah, it will do i hope so it, it's you know there's been a lot of work you know tons of work yeah. with it with the uh researching which are you know inconsequential details but it, it makes a difference yeah. you know maybe not to how it plays how it sounds but knowing it's there yeah it does make the difference you yeah. know and, and just putting all these bits and pieces in yeah uh, and and that's that's what people are paying for yeah. so it's uh no it's it's so i don't know i can't i am lost for words really as to what to say to try and get across <laughs> how I'll, i've taken a little bit of video and some photos so i'll put that with the, the podcast as well to, to people can have a look on youtube i'm sure i'll do a review of the guitar at some yeah, point yeah yeah and some other bits and pieces and please do come along to the red special meetup people listening to see it in action and and have a look um because they are something special more special than well i don't know than um, a special thing than a special thing <laughs> <laughs> need to come up with a name for it now but yeah more special than we call it baldrick <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh dear i'm waffling now but yeah so how long do you think it'll take you to to finish the rest of them uh, i should have them all done by the end of next year yep so um, that, that's the plan anyway okay um yeah because they're all they're all made the bodies are made necks are made not fully but yep. the bodies are sort of in stock and ready for veneering and binding uh, and then finishing so um yeah it's kind of all the 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 sort of hard laborious stuff has been taken out yeah you know that, that's that's been done so um you can get on with enjoying building putting yeah, them together yeah and that comes across as well i think in Good. in how they've come out and how they look i think you can really see that you've you've enjoyed the process yeah yeah and we we got here at 10 a.m we started recording the podcast at midday um that's how much we were talking about them before we even <laughs> sat down with microphones yeah so we so probably been, lost a lot of content so it's been nearly four hours yeah just yeah. talking about the guitar yeah. and yeah no it's great but it, it, it's a it's a fascinating guitar you know that there's so few 
you know, in the in the sort of history of the electric guitar like this, yeah. you know, it, it's uh, it, it's probably just a one-off. Is I know there is only one, but it's you know, for for father and son to make it and for it to go on to, you know, those heights. Yeah. Well, you look at all of the other you know, the only other people I can think of are the likes of Eddie Van Halen who built Frankenstrat yeah, yeah. which was a body he had and put together yeah. um, I know Ariel who has been on the podcast friend of the podcast friend of the show she built her guitar with her friend yeah, um, yeah. taking different bits and pieces from different guitars but what Brian and his, his father Harold did back in the 60s with Scrap because they couldn't mm. afford a guitar is just mind-blowing mm. to me when you look at what's involved in it and you've done an absolutely amazing job copying it but they didn't have anything to copy at the no, time they, no. they came up with it they yeah. invented it they yeah. designed it they tested it and they, they put it together it's yeah. an absolute wonder to me how they and, and the sort of engineering side you can kind of understand you know his dad was an engineer uh, that that kind of explains a lot yeah but the the look of it the balance and not saying that the actual physical balance but the balance of the design you know and how the pit guard how everything flows and everything's how can i put this um there are no sort of there's the right amount of sort of negative space yeah. on there everything just fits it's very well proportioned isn't it very well they got yeah. a very good eye for the aesthetic and yeah a lot yeah. of the time engineers will design something and it'll look very engineery but this is very it's a very beautiful instrument isn't yeah, it it's yeah the the curves and the the way the pickguard yeah, follows around yeah. it's it, it's a stunning thing yeah i think it was um one of the quotes that i tend to use outside of the podcast i don't want to quote him too much was um with luke holwerder where he said it's a good job they didn't build a tree house <laughs> <laughs> how different this would all have been <laughs> <laughs> but um you know if Brian and I and I go back to this in every episode, if Brian and Harold, if Brian hadn't gone to mum and dad and said I'd like to buy an electric guitar, and them say, can't afford one, son, but dad's going to help you make one. Without that, none of any of this that we've spoken about today, the podcast wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have got to make them. Mm. The Bohemian Rhapsody film wouldn't have. Mm. They've got those two have got a lot to answer for. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm bloody pleased they did it. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, it's been a fantastic yeah. part of my life. Yeah, it's it's, it's made my career. You know, yeah. it's all around that guitar. Yeah. Um, which is you know it's amazing if you think about it. So Andy, thank you so much for one agreeing to build me the guitar. <laughs> You're very welcome. Two, letting me be involved in the build process with my dad building the straps. Three, finishing mine first. That is just means so much and for letting us come up and, and no, record the podcast with you it's been an absolute pleasure to be dealing with That's you over good the fun. last few years and um, in a way it's a shame because it feels like for me the journey's ended because I won't get to badge you now about yeah. about them but please do keep in touch with how you're getting on with the rest of them Okay. and um, make sure you listen to the podcast which I know you I, do I always do yeah and um, yeah. come along to the meetup this year in October in, in Thiel because we need to show them off and yeah. you need to be there to talk to people about them okay <laughs> <laughs> no i'll enjoy it yeah, yeah. No, it's always good fun good. yeah no thank you mate we'll keep safe and um see you again soon hopefully brilliant thank you that was the legendary andy guyton andy thanks again so much for all of your efforts 
for the last 20 odd years and again for letting me come up and collect my guitar the first one and be a part of the whole process is absolutely fantastic and words don't really do justice to the guitar and if you've listened to this and you want to see the guitar then please do head over to our instagram page red special guitar podcast and check out pictures i've been posting up and some small videos but also head over to the youtube page like and subscribe because there are some red special guyton time warp rundown deep dive look at videos on their way and i don't want you to miss out once again thanks ever so much for listening to the podcast if you've enjoyed this and please consider signing up to our patreon and helping us out i've been john underhill you've been awesome keep safe and i'll catch you in the next one (laughs) 